Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker US Open Golf Preview Podcast and Video. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Odds Checker's very own golf tipster, Niall Lyons. Niall, I think congratulations are in order since the last time we spoke. Uh, another one on the way. What's the name? Is it Zander? Is it Tiger? No, baby, my ass, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> there was no winners. There's been no winners around that time, and it's actually been a fair while since I got a winner. I think Maury Cabot was the last one in the workday, so it's been a bit of a barren spell. But uh, not, not, not Colin Lyons? No, not quite. Uh, <laughs> no, struggling, struggling with lack of sleep, to be fair, but what can you do? Just ticking off the days until you start sleeping through the night, and then hopefully we'll get a break, you know? Well, fingers crossed you'll be sleepless this weekend with the thoughts of big winners aplenty. And I've seen your tips, and there's certainly one headline selection in there with a, a decent amount of points staked, but we'll get there eventually. But firstly, you know, we'll talk about um, where... US Open is taking place this weekend. It's at Winged Foot. We last saw the US Open held at Winged Foot back in 2006. So fair to say a fair few golf fans wouldn't have seen much action at this course, but it's known to be one of the toughest on tour. So what can you kind of tell people who haven't done the research yet, don't know what Winged Foot's about, what kind of a test is it? Well, it's great to have it back because, you know, recent US Opens, we've seen that uh, straight towards, you know, the full American links kind of style courses and uh, they've really been lapped up by the players a, a few times, especially Brooks Koepka. Uh, but Wing Foot's a, a, you know, a return to that classical US Open design that you know we were used to back in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, it, it undergone a, a, it's undergone a redesign in the last uh, three or four years with this US Open in mind, Gil Hans redesign, but it's the telling gas greens that are, that are the real talking point here. Uh, that same designer, he, he designed Baltazrol and uh, Beth Page Black as well. And the greens here, they'll be the big talking point over the four days. Uh, they're very, very sloping. They're going to be very fast as well. It's a firm and fast golf course. It looks it hasn't received an awful lot of rain in the last couple of months. Beth Page held a 2006 Barclays event, 2016 Barclays event and uh, the 2019 US PGA and the 2016 US PGA was a Baldur's Roll. So there are three events that you would look to if you want to find some kind of course correlation. Uh, it was interesting last week, I listened to a good bit of Jeff Ogilvy, who won in 2006 on a couple of podcasts and he again mainly talked about the greens. He said that he won the event basically uh, getting up and down so many times from 100 yards and especially in and around the greens. Uh, holding enough putts and enough power putts just basically to be in contention over the weekend. He likened the greens to uh, the likes of Riviera in California and the Puana surfaces of Torrey Pines and also made a couple of similarities at the size and the slopes to them, like Augusta, uh, that you have to hit certain you know, there's table tops where they put the pins and a lot of slopes, so uh, approach play into the right parts of the green will be important. He also likened the greens to Royal Melbourne as well, a, a similar type of test when, when approaching the greens. So there are the types of courses and results that I'll be looking to as a pointer uh, with who to back. So, yeah, I mean, you spoke about the greens. Um, it's fair to say that, that, you know, the fairways are pretty narrow at wing foot. Um, it's, it's pretty long. A lot of par fours are kind of 450, between that kind of 450 to 500 yard bracket as well. So you're going to be hitting long irons into 
into these par fours. What other stats and kind of player, um, you know, player strengths would you be looking at when 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 choosing your, your picks? Well, as you say, it's a long golf course. It's seven, it's over seven thousand four hundred yards, par seventy, which we never really see. Uh, the one thing is that it will play firm and fast. So if you do hit the fairways, you know it does. Uh, it does give the chance. It does give chances to those who don't hit the ball that far off the tee. That may it might not be as as scurry lengthways as as what it says on the card. But uh, as I say, I think the importance will really be around the greens so st- strokes gained short game and around the greens and then i would look with regards to putting i would like i would, I would look to who performs well on poana surfaces which these are this week uh, it's a very uh niche type of green that you know not, uh, an awful lot of players just don't cope well with so those who grew up putting on those sur- surfaces especially with you, you see a lot of it in california those guys may be on an advantage we saw last time the US Open was here back in 2016, uh, Colin Montgomery led after day one just with a 69, so one under par. The winning score from Jeff Ogilvy was five over with Furyk, Mickelson and Monty, or six over Mickelson and Montgomery, both effectively throwing away the tournament on the Sunday. This year, we've had very little rain ahead of the event. There's going to be a fair bit of breeze up as well, so it's going to be playing pretty tough. But you, as you mentioned, the changes made to the course back in 2017. If I had to push you, and I know this goes beyond your remit as a golf tipster, but uh, you don't have to do cover this market. But what kind of winning score do you reckon we'll be looking at come Sunday evening? I reckon probably around uh, a couple under par, uh, similar to what we seen at Olympia Fields a couple of weeks ago for the BMW. Mm. Uh, the game's changed a lot since two thousand and six. Uh, when Ogilvy won, and um, you know, it was interesting actually listening to Ogilvy in a podcaster that he said that he, he doesn't think it's the type of place where you can where you can just bomb it in in the rough and gouge it out, and, and you know make your score that way. That that you know really that Bruce Kapka did at Bethpage last year. He's you know from what I gleaned from Ogilvy is that he doesn't think that's possible. So I think everyone's going to miss fairways, you know. So the further down you are, uh, the hole, when, when you miss that fairway, you know, it's going to be an advantage. So I do think it will suit the bigger hitters. But, yeah, it, it will play very tough. I'm hoping it plays very tough, and I'm hoping we'll see. I'd like to see over par win. So they've won US Open. Uh, obviously, the, the whole level par is... You know, that's the goal where they want to get the players to, the, the winning score of the week. You know, a couple of times over even the last couple of years, it's went over par. So it is nice to see. It's nice to see them struggle. And I think it does produce a great tournament. And the few tournaments that we've seen this year that have been very tough, mainly the Memorial and the Olympia Fields, they've been great watches. So hopefully this will be the same. Looking through the leaderboard from 2006, you've got Ogilvy winning, who's, of course, Australian. And they're often, you see Australians being very good at that kind of tough um, those tough conditions and those fast greens. In, in Phil Mickelson in second, you've got a player who's won a fair few Open Championships, Jim Furyk, with I think it's four top fives in the Open Championship, Monty Harrington and Kenny Ferry, all in the top 10 as well, three British-based players, Nick O'Hearn from Australia again. Is there a sense that it's that kind of player, somebody who can play, who can tackle adverse conditions as the kind of player who's going who's gonna to come up trumps here? Absolutely. Uh, 
I'm looking like as, as you'll see in my preview, which I think has just been uh, posted right about now. I would say uh, I'm looking at players with you know good attitudes on the course because things will go wrong this week inevitably. And you know I, I watched 2006, the last couple of bars of it over the weekend there, mm. just to remind myself. And I was really looking forward to watching it. To be fair, it was one of the best <laughs> US Opens we've seen, and everybody collapsed. You know, basically bar Ogilvy. Uh, especially Monty and Mickelson on the on the on the 72nd. But uh yeah, I think attitude will be highly important this week. You know, you look to the likes of the Australians and the South Africans, they seem to have really good temp- temperaments on the golf course when things aren't going well. Uh as opposed to, you know, the fiery temperament of of the Spanish golfers usually. Uh so yeah, it's it's, it's one that I it's one one thing that I'm looking towards this week, guys, who have patience, you know, slightly carefree on the course and, and don't treat it too seriously. Right, let's get into your picks. Before we do so, just going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app. It's the very best place to find the best prices, the best bookie offers, the best free bets, and the very best tipsters across all sports, including, of course, Niles Column. Um, for all the US um, events over the course of the season, and of course, unless you know, things like having babies gets in the way. And uh, and a few, of course, European tour events on top of that as well. 19-point um, state, Niall. You're not mucking around here. Seven selections. Why not? Why not? We'll start, we'll start with the top one. And as I say, this is all on the, on the odds checker app. We're going to rattle through these seven pretty quickly, then talk about some of the other ones we haven't spoken about at the top end of the market. But to read Niall's thoughts, you want to download the app. Headline tip, it's a four-point win bet at 10 to 1. No, I'll put them out of the misery. Who is it? It's John Rahm. Uh, as I say, 19-point stake. But these are the weeks where you're going to do it. You know, with the, the place terms out there, the, the 10, 11 places. That, this is the week to get involved with high enough stakes that I think you'll be pretty unlucky not to, you know, take something back for, you know, on Sunday evening. But yeah, Rahm's the headline pick. Uh, to be fair, in the run-up to it, I wasn't too keen on... Back in the price, and you know, ten to one, it's nothing special. That is his price. I'm not saying it's value or anything. Hence the win only bet. Uh, but he's he's probably the most likely winner to me, even though Dustin Johnson's playing out of his skin. I'm slightly worried that Dustin Johnson just can't continue on that path for much longer. The, the heroics, and the, you know, I think just over the last couple of weeks could have taken a fair bit out of him. And Ram might just be a bit fresher for the task, but the two of them could go head to head. There's no doubt about that. It could be the two of them over the weekend, and with their head and shoulders above the rest at the minute. But Ram, uh, he's won the two hardest events on the tour this year: Muirfield Village, uh, that held the memorial. Of course, we've seen Jack Nicholas, you know, trick that uh, course setup up a little bit over the weekend, and it was very tough. And there was bogeys all over the place. Ram coped very well with it. He was a runaway. Victor in the end, I know he got a penalty towards the end of the round, but uh, he won that in, in great fashion. And then Olympia Fields, I think, but him and Dustin got into the playoff. I think it was four under par they finished. Another really, really tough event. Uh, so that's that's signs that you know, you know, we've talked before about his temperament here on various podcasts and other majors before, mm-hmm. and whether he's ready or not. But I think he's ready now. I think we've seen the turning of the tide. Earlier on in the year at Torrey Pines, when on the final day, I think I think he went out with McElroy, and I think the two of them had a really bad start. 
to their final round. And you think that, you know, the temperament of John Ram at the time was just, you know, to give up the ghost. Uh, he's had slow starts in events and actually recovered quite well. Like, I kind of like when he has a slow start in event, looking at his price and maybe backing him if, you know, he's not too far behind. But a slow start on the final day, you were expecting him just to, just to get, get too much for him. But he turned the corner like and Leishman looked like a winner a long way out in that event and Ram ran him close. I think he finished just a shot behind in the end. That was a turning of the tide for me that, you know, it just looked like his temperament was spot on. And, you know, as things have played out throughout the course of the year, then the two wins at the two hardest events where bogeys are plenty. Uh, I think Ram's just reached that other level now. The, the one maybe chink in his armour has possibly been fixed and whether it be here or Augusta, in a couple of months' time, I'd say there's a fair chance he might get off the mark in one of these two majors. So I think I'll take the chance on this one. Doesn't feel like long until John Rahm at, uh, will win one of these. And he's 10 to 1 with Bet365, William Hill, Bet Victor, Bet Fred, and 10 Bet, and a couple of others as well. Uh, just on something you said, I read a, a good preview from uh, the guys at Golf Betting System. And, and there you made a, a decent point, aligning with what you're saying about Rahm there, given that wing foot is so difficult and given that the, the back stretch I think it's 13 through to 18 is, is the toughest stretch on the course if you can get on someone in running on Saturday or Sunday morning who can get in the clubhouse you know probably two or three shots off what the lead is at that time and they can sit in with their feet up knowing they're posted a score it's the kind of course where under pressure on a Sunday of a major with Sunday pins you know the field could come back to them very quickly and uh, so that might be something just for anybody who's maybe tearing up their coupons on Saturday afternoon and wants some interest on Sunday evening, could be an interesting way to go. Um, moving on to the second pick now, two points each way. And I have two rules that I try and tell myself for my golf hunting, Niall. Don't back Hideki Matsuyama and don't back Adam Scott. And you spent the first five minutes of this podcast talking about how important the greens were going to be. And then you've tipped up two points each way. Adam Scott at 50 to 1 with 888 in Unibet. So can you please riddle me that? He's quite a good putter nowadays. No, I can't um, have it. <laughs> he's, he's turned that around slightly in the last couple of years. But uh, I understand your He's, he, he's a good long putter, isn't he? That's what they say. His yeah. short putting is still needs the, to be designed. That's one of the things that's quite important this week because you're inevitably going to miss greens. But when you're coming out of the rough and, you don't, and you're not laying up short of the green and you're going for the green, you could end up in very, very long putts across slopes. I think he'll cope quite well with that. Uh, I backed him in the Open last year and he was very, very disappointing. Uh, so I understand that you know he can be frustrating at times, but he's got two wins at Riviera, one of them being this year, earlier on in the season. So that's a big plus for me. Uh, obviously, Ogilvy mentioned those greens as a, as a kind of correlation and the course that, that it suits you know, the, the draw ball shape. Mm. Uh, three top tens in his last six US Opens. He's kind of got the grips for this event Later on in his career, he didn't have a great record early on in his career. So three top tens in the last six, not too bad. Top 25 at Harding Park, the last major. When you're looking at majors these days over the last number of years, it's crucial to look at the results from the previous cut. You know, when you get the, uh, the US Open or the PGA, the previous couple of majors where the guys have finished, usually is a fairly big pointer as to what's going to happen that week. He, he was a top 25 at Harding Park isn't too bad. He was a top 20 at Baltusrol in 2016. And he has the wins at Augusta and Royal Melbourne, the two places that 
that I mentioned of similarities with the green. So uh, I think his price is about right, as I mentioned in the preview. It's not a, a big ounce of value or anything, but uh, I think he has to be on the staking plan. He's one of the ones I, I can just see contending over the week. You speak about good recent major form, and it's, I suppose it's not that recent anymore, but the third, um, the, you know, your third selection is somebody who's won a major on notoriously difficult greens in Patrick Reed, who you've got 1.5 points each way at 40 to 1. Uh, Reed is 40 to 1 with William Hill, who are nine places, and Bet Victor, who are six places. So do check the app to make sure that these place terms you're getting are the best possible because it'll be frustrating to back Reed at 40s with, with Bet Victor, only for him to come seventh, and you could have had it with Hills. Um, it, it feels like Reed is back trending in the right direction. Yeah, he finished seventh at the third championship. Uh, the proper leaderboard that is mm. uh, over the seventy-two holes, which isn't too bad. Uh, it's mainly the you know the credentials and the, and the things that I've been looking at as, as a pointer as to who will play well. It makes Reed a bet this week. He's got the win at Augusta, obviously, and he won the two thousand and sixteen Barclays at Bethpage. It's another telling gas design. He was fourth at Shinnecock a couple of years ago when you know the conditions kind of USG got USGA got run away with the scores like it was it was a bit too difficult i think he finished four over and i think it was three shots behind the winner uh but he finished fourth there which is another decent effort he has the right ball shape draw off the tee i think suits you know about 13 or 14 of these uh mm. longer holes this course uh so yeah everything and if you're looking at someone who needs to get up and down from the from the edge of the greens reed is reed is one of the best in the game and if it comes to holding putts down the stretch on Saturday and Sunday night, he can do it with fair regularity whenever he's in contention. While plenty will be tearing their hair out at the greens, as I said, I watched the 2006 renewal over the weekend there. And I mean, 10 foot putts were missing by two and three feet left and right. The slopes were unbelievable. So I think Reed's one of the better. You can read the greens a lot better. So I think he's one we have to, we have to bet this week. One to side with more recent major championship form, Paul Casey, 1.5 points each way. Casey at 55 to 1. Casey uh, is 55 to 1 with Bet365, William Hill, uh, Bet Victor, Betfred, the best place in terms of those hills. Again, nine places, a fifth of the odds. Casey came unstuck at, you know, against what was a quite remarkable run of holes by Colin Morikawa in the um, USPGA a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it, it again, it feels like this is a different Paul Casey to the one that we used to, you know, try maybe avoid a couple of years ago. Somebody couldn't really close. I know that's a narrative that you never really bought into anyway. Yeah, you know, he's plenty of wins on the board, Casey, so that never worries me. And I think it, uh, it's very dangerous to go down that path <clears> and <throat> pigeonhole with, with golfers because plenty of them go and win and plenty of them win the majors as well. Uh, Paul Casey was one of my ones at the PGA. He was next on my list. And I was very close to backing it, or it didn't tip, but I backed him anyway, you know, at the enhanced place terms. And I was very disappointed that he actually didn't get over the line. He was he played so well over the weekend there and very mm-hmm. well on Sunday. Uh, only eight done just by, you know, pure miracle golf by Marikawa, which, of course, he is capable of. So. But he came off the course, and what really impressed me was his attitude in the interview afterwards. Obviously, it's not everything we look, look towards this week, but nevertheless, Casey has, has had plenty of bad press, but when, when interviewed, you know, he comes across very well at times. Mm-hmm. And he was 
was first to congratulate Morikawa. You know, despite the golf that he played, really kind of deserved a major win. Uh, his attitude was just absolutely great, and he was laughing and joking about it, and just enjoying his time, at, you know, contending in a major. So I was very impressed with that. And he obviously second at Harding Park, and he's got a win around Wentworth as well, which is another very tough track in the European Tour. He's got the biggest wins, you know, but that you can get on both sides mm-hmm. of the big bar of the majors, really. And uh, I just think, as I say, looking towards pre- the last couple of majors is always a good pointer these days. And he's one of those ones who hasn't got a major win in the bag yet. And there's so many of them golfers that these majors are won by first time major winners now. So I like to have a couple on the staking plan. I've got one with John Rahn, and I think Paul Casey's another livery on it. One who has won uh, a major or two in the past, and one who hasn't. A couple of one-point tips. Louis Eustazen at 80-1. to 1. That's with Hills. And, and Alex Norrin, an interesting one. Um, a fifth the odds, 10 places. Um, do you want to run us through those two? Yeah, Eustazen is just one I think will go well in the conditions. He likes tough uh, US Opens. You know, even the Open that he won in 2010 was playing very tough. Obviously, he got the best side of the draw, but everybody was mm-hmm. bogeying holes going backwards, and he was busy making a big lead for himself. Uh, he was second at Chambers Bay, another uh, US Open one. At, I think it was level par, just one over. Uh, top 25s at Baltusrol and Shinnecock. So he's a, he's a US Open specialist, really. Like uh, Obviously, he has a grand slam of runner-ups in all the four majors. But he's another with a great attitude and a, a cool head on his shoulders when things are going to get tough throughout the week. So he's one that I just expect to hang about the leaderboard over the, and even one bad round won't put him out of it because often he has come from behind. I think he actually came from a fair bit behind at Chambers Bay that time as well. Someone, so, Just someone who's got a proper attitude and can hang about. And he's sitting at a tasty price there, to be fair. And we'll talk about these... Uh, the trends in these major championships and they're all won by golfers in the top 30, top 35 in the world. These days, very few exceptions from that. Of course, Luke and fits that bracket. I think he's around 20th in the world. So uh, I think he's every chance and a pretty tasty price this week at the place terms. Yeah, um, 80 to 1 with Hills. Uh, and just to say, if anybody wanted a bit of a bigger price, he is 90 to 1 with 888 and Unibet, but you only get seven places there. Nile advisors taking the nine places. And yeah, just tell us a bit about Alex Norrin, somebody we probably maybe associate is good for more in Europe, yeah. but you fancy his chances this weekend. Yeah, he's just playing sneaky good golf lately. Like I was, uh, I've been watching him in his last couple of events and he's. Been playing quite well. Twenty since the break, like twenty first at the Heritage, third at the Three M Open, then a twenty second at the PGA, which is a huge positive for me. A decent performance in the previous major, top twenty five there, and then at the toughest venue of the year at Olympia Fields, he was eighth. He's one who can cope with those tough setups. Uh, will miss, you know, plenty of fairways to be fair, but on and around the greens, he's got what he's got. I think he's on the. I was looking at the stats earlier on. I think he's in the top seven or eight in the field, mm. around the green and on them. Uh, one of his best performances in America, of course, was being beaten by Jason Day in the playoff at Torrey Pines a few years ago, Poana Services in California, as, as I've said, as a pointer. So I think he's just a real lively European runner. He got the wins at Wentworth and Cronsercier as well, two wins in, in Switzerland. So they're the sign that he can cope with the tight tree-line tracks too. And it, 
I think a major on his on his CV is not beyond the realms of possibility. And like him and Weisberger, Weisberger's not a lot I want to consider, but I just don't think he's playing well enough of late to capitalise on this. But no one's showing signs that he could score well around here. Certainly. So the, the, the final one, and I'm going to let you take this away because it's not often we talk about a 500 to 1 tip. There's even money queuing on Betfair Exchange at 1,000. I wonder if that might be a couple of your pennies up there, Niall. Um, surely yeah, they'll, already, be, they'll be already taking another thousand, actually. Already yeah. been taking another thousand. There we go. I'll, I'll, I'll hand the floor over to you to make your case for Sung Kang. It's it's one from left field to be fair, like, but he's got a win on the on the tour, you know, just about in the last twelve or fourteen months at the Baron Nelson in two thousand nineteen. Uh, second at Riviera this year, which I've mentioned as a pointer, and seventh at Beth Page Black last year in the PGA, which is a, a fair performance and a major championship for him. Mm-hmm. He ranks 68th in the world. You know, that's not f- too far down the rankings. He's actually not played too well recently. But uh, his win at the Baron Nelson came off the back of a missed cut the week before. And his second at Riviera early on in the year came off the back of a missed cut as well. So I don't think the poor performances lately would really put me off. And the fact that he had a top 10 at best page I think is worth siding with a 500 to one shot who's only 68th in the world. I don't know, know how many of those 67 ahead of him are in the field. Obviously, the majority of them, but maybe only, I don't know, 63 or 64. There's a few missing anyway, Bruce Kavka being one. The uh, 500 to one looks pretty tasty for me, and one who I might play in some sub markets as well later on in the week. And I might throw out a preview for that as well, actually, if we've got the time. Great stuff. Keep an eye on the odds checker app for any of those columns on submarkets. But Sun Kang, 500 to 1, best place terms you're going to get is with Bet365, a fifth, the eight. And as I say, some money queuing up at 1,000. So if you listen to this, get on that because I'm sure after people have read Nile's column and seen that, they won't be around for too much longer. Um, we will now just go into talking about some of those at the top end of the market as well. I'm not going to bore people with my. Um, selections. I'll, just, I'll maybe turn Niall off there after we finish recording, but um, just so you can tell me that not to bother with any of them after I've bought them. But normally we have Dylan Byrne from the 15th Club joining us, but sadly today he was busy doing some actual work for them in terms of analysing the course and working with their golfers, but he did flag a player to me. So rather than starting a DJ at the top of the market, Niall, we're going to go straight to the player that Dylan is keen on, and it's a player that you don't normally need an excuse to back, I must say. So it'll be interesting if, if he goes in. It is... Do you want to have a guess who it is? McElroy? No, it's Zander. Zander. I thought he was very short. Zander Shoffley, 16 to 1 he is with Hills and Bet Victor and Betfred. Not for you. Too short. Yeah. All the credentials to win a US Open. Like I think he's three top fives in the last three years in this event. And he's going very well. Obviously, he won the, won the 72 holder at the Tour Championship. He's got everything going for him in terms of this major. Hits the ball long and straight, which he'll need to do. Holds plenty of putts under pressure as well. His putting at the Tour Championship was phenomenal again. I love when you back him when he's in contention because he's over 10-foot putts. You know, you just really fancy him to hold them. Uh, but I just can't have the price. I think I can, I can let him win on back on back around the 16-1 to 1 mark. Hasn't hasn't won a major yet, and you know, at six points shorter, 
I just think John Rams a much better bet than Shofla. I don't. I can't back the two of them because uh, I, I do like a, a fair few down the field as well. But uh, Shofla, as you know, I'm a big fan. We backed him with three figures when he was second in the Open a couple of years ago. That's long history now, but sixteen to one in, in this major. You know, he, he does spurn the odd few opportunities. He's been in contention a couple of times this year and not got the job done. Uh, I think it was the first event back. Uh, he, was at, he went head-to-head with Morikawa down the stretch and a couple of others, and he, he dropped a few shots at a crucial stage in that. So that didn't impress me too much. But ne- nevertheless, the 16-1 to mark just isn't for me. 16 to 1, not for Niall. I'll give Dylan the right reply via WhatsApp. Dylan, let me know. This is how we find out if Dylan's actually watching or listening to this in, in, in his absence. If you're listening, <laughs> let, let me know what you think of Niall's repost there. Uh, look at the top of the the market now at the favourite. We've, we've mentioned him briefly, but I want to ask you something specific on, on, on Dustin Johnson, who's 17 to 2. That's with William Hill and Bet Fred. So William Hill, again, a fifth, the nine best plays terms. He's playing unbelievable golf. He's playing possibly the best, most consistent golf we've seen. And that says a hell of a lot about a guy who's been dominant in the sport in the past as well. But we talk about previous majors and he took a lead into the last round of the US PGA and didn't convert. And to be frank, didn't play well on the Sunday at all. Does that come into your thinking when analysing DJ's chances to win this weekend? Uh Yes and no. Like you know, I wouldn't put too much weight on the fact that he didn't convert a lead, you know, on a major championship. They're they're tough to win, and I did have my worries around his his putting like over the last twelve months. But that's completely turned around over the last few months, and he's putting unbelievable. And worth noting that he's taken so much more time on the greens than he ever did. He's walking around putts like Tiger used to do, you know, on his pump, getting every single angle. Uh, he, he's such, you know, he's worthy favourite, and it's hard to see him out of the, out of the reckoning just the way he's playing. He loves tough US Open setups. One at Oakmont, which plenty are saying is, uh, you know, one of those good pointers towards this week. Uh, but yeah, at the price, I just think you can simply let him win on back. I won't, I won't be crying too much on Sunday if I'm not on and, he, and he's won the championship at that price. Uh, he, he must have every chance, but. As I said just earlier on, I think little niggle in me is just that he can't keep this quality up for uh, this period of time. And it's a long, long week this week at the US Open, like uh, mentally as well as physically. So it's just enough to put me off back in single figures. Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy, 14 and 16 to 1 best price. Again, I think William Hill are the best place terms on the two of those. Uh, who would you rather back out of the two? And it's a bit of a surprise maybe to see Rory McIlroy as big as 16 to 1 for a major. Obviously, you know, he hasn't won for a while. Um, he's just had, you know, his uh, his newborn daughter last weekend. Some people like to think that that might spur a, an improvement in form. Um, it's one way of thinking. But who, what do you what do you make of those two's chances? Well, hopefully a newborn baby will help me get a winner on the board. <laughs> you know, sometime soon, that would be nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think McIlroy, the fact that he's had a baby, I think it will be a positive thing. It should give him new perspective, you know. Not that not that he really needs it, but it should give him a new perspective on the course. And this is a week more than any that that perspective could pay off, simply because it'll be important not to get too annoyed at, at bogey and holes and double bogey and holes, because you know everybody's going to be doing it, and it's just going to be a 
a fight of the death as to who, who can you know stay around level par. Hopefully, hopefully that's the way the, the tournament plays out. I don't mean it's not a lot easier than we expect. But uh, of the two, I would probably rather back Thomas. I'm surprised he's drifted to such a mark. Mm. You know, he hasn't been totally firing. Uh, you know, this last number of weeks, but nevertheless, throughout the course of the year, he's been as good as as the other two, as as good a record really. Uh, so I would be tempted by Justin Thomas, just the way he can play tough tracks as well, and I, he'll be the one who I think could make an awful lot of birdies during the week compared to everybody else. I think when he hits a fairway, he'll be absolutely lethal with uh, his approach play, so he could make enough birdies to stay in contention over the week, uh, but simply just a few more down the market were more tempting for me at bigger prices. We're just going to talk about two other players before wrapping this up. Um, Colin Morikawa, the winner of the last major championship, and Bryson DeChambeau, another one who you'd think it probably won't be necessarily too long until he does get one of these. Um, firstly, I mean, with, with Bryson, is it a case of, of course fit here isn't quite right given his, his poor approach play? Otherwise, he'd be a much shorter price. I don't know. I think, you know, the further he is away from a green, the mm. better his approach play has been, you know, against the field. So I think a, a leg like this at 7,400 yards per 7, they'll probably suit him. And he played well at, at Haring Park, uh, you know, top five there. So that was one. That was his best major finish too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he puts his best foot forward again. And I'm surprised he's drifted to such a price too. And I was very tempted to back to be fair, even when only on the machine because I think he's drifted to thirty or even mm. bigger than that. It was thirty was the last time I looked anyway. Uh, you know, he hits it long and he hits it fairly straight for the length that he hits it. So uh, he could end up in some decent positions this week and make enough birdies. Never mind. He'll make plenty of bogeys, but he could be one of the ones who makes enough birdies to, you know, to offset the amount of bogeys and, and stay in the hunt. So I'm surprised he's drifted to such a mark, and uh, he's actually one I might even have, have a few quid saver on, just a stake saver for the week. That if he wins, will break even on the week. I think uh, definitely wouldn't rule him out. You know, you, you talked to me a couple of months ago, and you tell me that he's seventh or eighth favourite or something for this. I would have told you, that, I would have said you're mad, and most mm. people said you're mad too. Uh, as far as Morikawa concerned, I think he's slightly short, but nevertheless, he's such a special golfer, and he could win a lot of majors in a, in a short space of time, like Spieth done a number of years ago, just when he's absolutely fine. So uh, I wouldn't put anybody off Morikawa this week. It's just his price certainly doesn't suit me, but uh, I know plenty here are on at, at massive prices throughout the year, and it'll be an exciting week for them. And I think. He could definitely go well. Just there's a question mark over whether or not you know if this U.S. Open plays out like we hope and you know level par or maybe a couple over par might win it. Whether that really suits him, that's the question marks around him. We haven't got enough evidence that you know he he won a Tarling Park at you know double figures under par. I think in the end, so uh, the jury's out on whether this test will actually suit him long term. So it's enough probably to make me stray elsewhere final one for you before i let you go it's the us open jordan spieth is a three-figure price what do you make of that i have to say tempted again <laughs> believe it or not like, uh i was talking to a fellow the other day and he was i think he was fourth or fifth favorite for the safeway last week around 30s mark or something and i said i would give him more chance 
at next week she has open that away that that's safe way. Mm. I stick by that despite the heroes twenty five to one last week and hundred to one this week. Uh, at a venue that's gonna reward, you know, getting up and down from the edges of greens and you know, when you've got Ogilvy actually said he wanted from inside hundred yards because he had so many shots from that distance all week mm. for any missed fairways and you know, space absolutely lethal from that range if he has a good week. Plus, a week where everybody misses fairways and where everybody's going to be punished for it will surely give Spieth a better chance because, you know, at the safe way, you know, nobody's missing fairways, so to speak, mm. where, he's, still, where he's, he's hitting it all over the place. So I actually give him a fair chance this week to hang about and he could score well and I definitely wouldn't rule him out. And Thank you for reminding me because I think I'll go and place a few bets on him there actually before I forget. <laughs> there we have it. What a way to end. Thank you very much as ever to Niall. Please do download the Odds Checker app so you can read all of his columns all year round. Don't just read the majors, although I must say I'm very excited for this week and indeed. But download the app now so you can follow all of those tips. You can get all the best bookie offers, crucially for these golf majors, the best place terms as well and the very best prices. Enjoy the weekend. It should be an absolute cracker. And please make sure you gamble responsibly.